Welcome to Objectively Speaking, everyone. My name is Jeremy Paul. And I'm Laura Norman, and this is episode 10, game 10, the Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Chicago Blackhawks. And a really, I've never been more wrong about a prediction in my life, loss for the Columbus Blue Jackets in regulation, uh, losing 3-1 uh, this evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just like, it, it's one that like you felt like it was, I felt so good about it. Like, even though it was 1-1 going into the third period, obviously, like, I felt that the Blackhawks definitely had the better second period. Um, mm. But like, even at that, like, I felt a lot of energy coming from, you know, uh, like, I really liked that um, Rosselvik Jenner foodie line like I thought that that line was playing really well I thought that the Robinson Texier Atkinson line was playing really well like I thought I saw some things on Twitter about people being upset about the lines being switched up or changed up tonight but I just I actually felt like the lines were the most like I felt like offensively speaking like there wasn't any finish but it felt like it was the most opportunistic offensive night that we've had so far this season which might seem a little bit incorrect given the final score but <laughs> yeah uh no I think this set of line combination two out of the four sets were probably two of the better sets we've had um in these in these first 10 games like I really like the combination of of Jack playing with Boone I think that they are getting a really good chemistry together um you know, that goal uh, that Boone got with, you know, a really great play made by Jack, like, was just a beautiful combination, um, a very Boone-Jenner goal, too, sort of up in the up in the paint, gritty, um, straight to the back of the, of the net, um, and it, it created just, like, just the weeest amount of spark, just the tiniest, tiniest amount of spark in the boys, um, and obviously, I think, and and bless him. I do want to. I do want to talk about his um, his post game comments. But Elvis, Elvis just just it was it was just so bad. It was just it was just such a bad situation, and it just kept getting worse. And it just oh, it was just so bad. Just just so so bad. Yeah, I mean not only once but twice right I mean like I get that those plays happen behind the net every now and again where you know you try to play a puck and it doesn't go your way and and you know bounces happen and I get it for that to happen twice you know what I mean like in a game that you really felt like you were in for the most part and real really like you were pushing to get that second goal and make it 2-1 jackets for the longest time and then for that for that one to happen and for you to just like oh man like it just felt bad from that from that second forward like it was just like it felt like it was gonna go south and and it did <laughs> it, did it go did. south it did go south um he oh god it just broke my heart as as the the overly sensitive one out of the two of us um elvis's post game which god bless him god bless him for being like yes Yes, I did just have one of the most embarrassing moments of my career. Please let me now have be questioned by the media. Um, but, you know, Elvis is a, is a true professional and he went and he, you know, sat with the press and he said, 
um, he said, I messed up. I messed up. He's like, I'm an adult. I'm not a kid anymore. And I have to take responsibility for what happened. And he's like, I didn't, he's like, this was never my intention. And, you know, they asked him, you know, what did you say when you went into the locker room? You know, what did you say to the team? And he said, I just said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. And you know, that this is gonna, This is a moment that I'm going to learn from. And he's like being the team. And this warmed my heart so much because it's just, it's one of the reasons why I love the Blue Jackets so much is he's like being the team that we are, you know, I went in there and I apologized and I took responsibility and then they supported me. They supported me and they rallied behind me because that's what we are as a team. And as much as it sucks, I still was like, oh, those are the boys that I love. And this is why I love them. Um, Cause it was, it was just, just a shitty situation that happened two times in a row. And the first one deflated us. And then the second one, there was just no coming back from it. And, you know, it's with the exception of um, every team we've played so far, except for Nashville, we have split the series. So, um, you know, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, it would have been great to come back to Columbus with, you know, all four points. Um, but we're going to just have to be okay with two just fine um but yeah it was a it was a weird weird bittersweet situation this evening um yeah just but even with elvis there's there's still some stuff that we're not doing right and that we're we're not being consistent in yeah for sure i mean like let's be real like if we're only scoring one goal against a against a blackhawks team that you know it's pretty decimated right now. I mean, I was, I even tweeted from our account, you know, yesterday when the Blackhawks announced that they weren't having practice out of abundance of caution uh, for, you know, COVID reasons. And then for them to add more folks to their COVID reserve list today, um, you know, for that game to even happen was surprising to me in and of itself. Like, and so like for them to be so decimated and still let's not be able to do what we want to do offensively and still not be able to find a way. I will say the power play looked a lot better today. Like can't, can't argue that. So I think that's just, you know, a line a away from, <laughs> from being good. And so I'm not too worried about that, but I do, I mean, I, there are obviously still some concerns like going forward. I mean, I, I continue to wonder where the hell Seth Jones is. Like, I, I don't see him at all when he plays right now. Like, it's just like, it, it's so hard to believe. And like, even Zach was a little bit lost tonight, like in, in the scheme of things, like I didn't see him much and, you know. You know what I do see Seth Jones is when he's behind our net waiting to, to send the puck to someone else. Oh, right like when he's like that's the only yeah that's the only time I see him is when he's just holding the puck waiting for us to do a line change and then he gives it to someone else and then it's like he disappeared and he does not exist anymore um and he gave a pregame interview today that you know <laughs> it's it's getting to the point where it's like why you know why aren't you a little bit more frustrated with yourself 
sir, um, in how you've been playing in the, in the first 10 games. Um, and, you know, he did express that he, he knows he needs to be better. He knows he needs to be more assertive. Um, and he said that of, of Zach too. Um, but I'm, you know, it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to do it. Um, and again, we always make the disclaimer, neither Jeremy or I can play hockey to save our lives. Um, but, you know, you're, you're saying these things, but we're not seeing that come to fruition on the ice. And that's starting to become a problem. And it's not just with, you know, Seth and Zach. I mean, bless him. He's, things are, are starting to get there, but Cam is getting more and more frustrated both with himself and with the circumstances every shift that he's on the ice. Yeah. Um, you know, the other night he slammed his stick on the ice and tonight it seemed like every time, <laughs> every time his line went out, they'd get so close or he'd personally get so close and it just, there was no follow through. And you could just see it in his face, in the way he would sit back down on the bench. Um, he's frustrated and that's warranted and he should be but we need to turn that frustration into something no for sure i i totally agree and i just i again like it's not like this is the norm like eventually it's going to figure itself out or like something is going to change to figure it out i still think that they need to think about breaking those two up like i still think that warensky and jones should not necessarily be on the same line because as of right now like one of them's minus eight the other's minus seven on the season and you know plus minus isn't necessarily the the stat to end all stats but it's like it's so it's difficult to imagine that they're not maybe prohibiting each other a little bit right now which is a little weird like I mean like it's just a totally different you know issue than we're used to with those two like struggling Mm -hmm. offensively like that's new um and struggling defensively, which is, you know, Zach Wierenski's had his moments where he struggled defensively, but Seth Jones, while, while he's not necessarily the scorer that Zach Wierenski is, like, he has never been a liability defensively, and I don't know, it just seems like that's kind of what we're running into right now in terms of inconsistency of years past, and obviously once that starts to go, I'm hopeful that that turns into being something positive, and, and that that will you know affect the outcomes of some of these games but for right now like the Jackets continue to split series with teams that realistically like they shouldn't be splitting a series with Chicago especially a decimated Chicago they you know shouldn't shouldn't have split the series with Detroit that's what I'm saying yeah and so like it's just a matter of those are points that will come back to haunt us in in April and May and we'll look back at episode eight through ten and well, maybe not 8 through 10 because 8 and 9 were pretty positive, but <laughs> back at some of these episodes and we'll be like, oh, yeah, like this is this is where we can like look at this being an issue. And hopefully, hopefully it right sizes itself and hopefully that doesn't end up being an issue. But I mean, you look at teams like like Florida's 5-0-1 after their win tonight. Carolina beat Dallas in a shootout again. So Dallas has picked up a point, I believe, in every game that they've played. No? Mm-hmm. they play, Yeah, I thought that the Canes took them to overtime last time around too, or they took the Canes to overtime, I should say. So, I mean, this is a, this is a division that like is not going to do the Jaggets any favors right now. If they keep losing to teams like Chicago and Detroit, like when you look at that first 
like when we first looked at this pool, right, my thought was, oh, cool. Like I'm seeing the Jackets winning like six out of eight, seven out of eight against teams like um, Florida or not Florida, <laughs> that's not that. um, Detroit and Chicago. And I saw them at least winning like five or six against teams like Nashville, you know, and then like, I thought we were better than Dallas and we were better than Carolina. And I thought we were better than Florida, but that's not that. I can't say that with any sort of certainty at this point. And so it'll be interesting. I, I'm not sure that this is going to end well, <laughs> but yeah. But can only know when we know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes, we still have 46 games left to go um, in the regular season, but it's just, it's just not, pan, it's just not panning out. And like, with if this was a, an eighty-two game, if we were still playing the same way that we're playing, we were playing in an eighty-two game series, a season as we do normally, totally, totally fine. But like in a fifty-six games season, and so far this is how we're looking ten games in, and not only that, but. We're also holding on a lot of hope to one guy who hasn't even started playing with us yet, who I know, I know that he is a superstar, very aware, very aware, but he was a superstar with another team. We don't know how he's going to be as a Columbus Blue Jacket. I have full hope that Patrick Line is as much Patrick Line as he was ever with Winnipeg and just does incredible things for us. But we don't know that. We also don't know, technically, yes, he was, he was on um, for quarantine until today, but technically he's still on IR for an upper body injury. So he may not start on Tuesday, like everyone wants him to. It also may, what if it ends up being a persistent thing, this upper body injury that he has? Like, there's just, we're holding on a lot of hope to one dude that we just don't know yet how this is going to play out. And we can't do that. Yes, it'll be wonderful if he comes in and things start to, to change and gel, but we can't count on him to carry the whole team. Much like, I find it interesting how Chicago handles themselves with Patrick Kane because I texted you during the game and I said Patrick Kane has to be fucking exhausted like the dude basically plays every other shift he's hardly ever on the same line he just they just throw him in there and he's just I mean he played 27 minutes on Friday's game 27 minutes yeah, I'll pull up the stats from tonight and see how much he he played. He played he only, had, not, he only played nineteen tonight. So oh, easy, easy night for Patrick Kane. Um, probably because they knew after that first mistake with Elvis that they had us <laughs> the bag. Um, I think yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, right? Like to your point about waiting on on line A to come in and just save the team, like. I I do think right that he will replicate the same results with the Jackets as he did with the Jets. I'm not super worried about his skill not translating, but I mean to say that like he's going to come in in game one and just like fit into the system perfect is a little bit naive. 
And so even if these first four to five games are a little bit shaky and, you know, don't, don't turn out the way we want her to or things like that, then, you know, people are going to start to freak out and maybe say similar things like what you're saying as far as like, oh, like he was just a star of the Jets or oh, this, that, or the other. But I mean, he's going to have to have time to adjust. And on top of that, like, how much, like we don't have a ton of time, but we also, like you said, can't put that all on him. Like he can't be the savior of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He needs to be a really important piece, but like he needs to, I don't know. He, he needs to supplement, not become the Blue Jackets. <laughs> like, right. And again, that, 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 that whole savior complex goes against the whole mentality of the Columbus Blue Jackets. We are, we are a team team. We play as a team. We don't really, you know, with the exception of goaltending sometimes, apparently, we don't super rely on one specific, I love you, Elvis, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, we don't, you know, rely on one specific person to do all the things for us, like some other teams. Like, we don't have an Austin Matthews. We don't have, you know, a Brad Marchand. Like, we, we don't have those people on our team, and that's fine. That's fine. I prefer that they play as a whole um, because I like that attitude better um and I think it I think it makes for a more effective locker room mentality as well um but it's just there's just a lot of things there's just a lot of things that you know and <laughs> bless torts he was relatively calm in his post-game interview I was oh, he- a little he could have gone coastal like I think it was it it might have been against Winnipeg last year that Elvis had his oh shit moment where he like lost us a game because he tried to play the puck and passed like turned it over and created an odd man rush against him and he just wasn't able to get in position for it I think it was and I mean I thought like that was all bad like because that that was a period where then he didn't play again until um I no maybe it wasn't but like I just remember like that that I remember being a little bit of a tense post game and things like that. And so, yeah, you're right. Like the fact that he wasn't coastal, like at the, like I tweeted from our account, I was like thoughts and prayers to whoever asked towards about Elvis's, uh, Elvis's play tonight because woof. It may have been the situation where Torts saw how Elvis handled himself in the locker room before they did post-game interviews and so that sort of like evened him out a little bit about it which is the case because you know I'm I'm gonna bet gonna bet just based on his personality Bob did not handle shit like that and it was a lot more dramatic and whatnot and so he was probably more used to being like that and then to see Elvis go in and handle himself like a professional um, and take responsibility. I'm sure that calmed towards a little bit. I mean, I wasn't expecting like the level we saw after the Chicago game last season when Corpy got injured and Torts ended up getting a very large fine from the NHL. Um, but I was kind of expecting a, I'm not talking about it, like one word answer sort of 25 second availability but he was very calm and just you could tell he was disappointed and you can tell that that plane ride home tonight gonna be very quiet oh oh, without a doubt I mean 
and that that brings me to this thought, right? Like, there's no way that Corpy doesn't start the next game, and I think that we might even. I mean, I don't know though, like, because there's a part of me that's like, oh yeah, no, for sure, we've seen the end of this like game on, game off, game on, game off situation. But I almost wonder, like, to what extent that would be to the detriment of of Elvis, like, because it's like, oh, okay, like that one mistake, and you're out and you're done. Um, do you think the Blue Jackets are at a point yet where they can look solidly at their goaltending situation and they can think, okay, Corpies are one. It might not be by eons, right? It might be like a 65-35. It might be a 60-40, but it's not 50-50. Do you think that they're there yet? Are you there yet, Laura? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if we're there yet. I think that that Torts has way more trust in the two of them than I think sometimes the fans can have. Um, And because we haven't been through the first quote unquote round, because obviously as we play each team, it's we're going in rounds. So we still have Dallas and the Hurricanes to play um, before we finish the, the first round. And so I think some things might we might see the end of this this tandem pairing more so as we get into the second round of playing the teams. Um, but I don't think that Torts is going to hold this necessarily against Elvis to break up the tandem right now. I think, you know, he said in his post game, he said, you know. Elvis is supposed to play the puck in those situations. And it was just two bad situations where he got himself caught up with a bouncing puck. There just happened to be this window. And that's just how it played out. I think it would be different if this was situations like, say repeats of Elvis's first start from last season where he let in seven goals against Pittsburgh and he did that like and there was just you know goal after goal after goal he really hasn't let in that many goals I think he and Corby are almost pretty pretty even um based on how many goals they've let in and this was just a bad a bad situation like and I think in general, I think if Torts looked at it, he would say, in general, we're not playing great. Like, we're also not playing great in front of Elvis or in front of Corpy. Like, the two of them are having to do so much more than they should because we're just not up to the level that we need to be at yet. So my hope is that he at least goes through this first round of playing each of the teams and then we potentially start making some decisions or we continue. I don't hate the tandem in this scenario. We talked about it in the last episode, you know, with the way the season is set up with these two game series per team, for the most part, there are some random times where we play a team only once. Um, But I think this works for the rest standpoint, like to give each of the goalies, some time to rest in between when they play. Yeah, sure. No, I, I feel that. I think, well, I think the rest is important. I think, and also looking at the stats, 
As of right now, Elvis in his five starts is letting up two nine nine a game, so two point nine nine, and Elvis or and Jonas is at a two point one seven. So it is almost about a goal goal differential. So that obviously, I mean, that reflects a couple of different things too, right? But um, you know, hopefully we get some more clarity soon on that front. Um, I say that, but I'm scared of the clarity. Um, <laughs> And it looks like there's about a, th- a 30 or excuse me, a 3% difference on save percentage too. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. It's five games, five games each. So um, but yeah, interesting to see where this one will go. <laughs> um, I think, so I, we've had this conversation a few times over the last couple of episodes and I think it's, it might, maybe it's redundant to ask it again, but I think it becomes even more clear now. If if on Tuesday we do see the debut of Patrick Line as a Columbus Blue Jacket, what I mean, it has to be Nash or Gregorenko in my head. Like it has mm-hmm. to be Nash or Gregorenko that comes out. Um, I I saw some people saying that Cam would be their third choice. I that's just goofy. Like at this point, like there, I, there isn't really even a third choice. Like I think it comes down to Nash or Gregorenko. Mm-hmm. I think I personally. I mean, first, you got to look at, like, how that affects your strategy, too, right? Like, you can't just take Nash out of the lineup for the sake of taking Nash out of the lineup. You have to look at, like, okay, like, how does this, like, affect any potential pairings and things like that? And, I mean, with Nash being pretty solid, you know, I I think Koivu's kind of established himself as as our fourth-line center at Mm. this point. Um, So, I mean, I think either way is okay, but – you know, Grigorenko brings more speed than Nash does, but Nash, you know, brings a little bit more defensive responsibility. So, and you're replacing him, like Patrick Line, as people have said before, like can sometimes be a defensive liability. So like, there are a lot of questions. It's also not like a permanent decision, right? Like, so like, right. you know, <laughs> it's not like we're removing one of these people. Right. Team. Um, yeah, I think, I think my first choice to t- and obviously we can make different decisions. So like Tuesday, I think my first choice would be to take Greg Ranko out. And, you know, because Nash, you know, has been on, been on the team longer, has more of a rhythm with our gameplay, like has more of a, of a solid backing as far as that's considered, take, take Greg Ranko out, scratch him for a game. Um, see how that goes. If it doesn't go well, swap him back in, scratch, scratch Nash. Um, see how the sort of fringe younger guys are doing. It's going to have to be this carousel of people. I don't think there's ever going to be one guy that we just leave scratched. Um, and obviously it's going to be a, a, a carousel of people because we still don't know <laughs> – how the rest of the season's going to go in regards to injury and in regards to COVID-19. They asked today in um, the pregame interviews with um, Seth and with Boone how they're reacting to COVID and how this is changing, you know, how much do they think about it? How much does it come into play um, in the locker room? And both of them were pretty generic to the fact of, like, we just have to take every day one day at a time. You know, we just do what we're told. We do our best. We follow the rules to the best of our abilities. 
you know, we do everything we can on a personal level to try and keep ourselves safe. Um, you know, they both made points to the fact that, you know, a lot of the team is going home to families. So they are doing the extra, the, as, as extra stuff as they can in order to keep their families safe as well. Um, but it is something that they have to think about because they did find out, you know, yesterday that Chicago was moving more and more guys um, out of the lineup due to COVID protocol. And two of those guys played against our players on Friday. So, you know, our health and safety team has to start thinking about, well, who did they come in contact with physically? Like, you know, all this sort of stuff. And it's just, everything could change at the drop of a hat. We weren't even sure we were going to have a game today due to COVID. So there's going to be no definitive answer, I don't think. But for, for me, I think Gregorenko is the obvious choice to make a long story short. But to just briefly touch on the fact that there's people out there saying that Cam needs to be scratched, that's insanity. Even though he's not he hasn't found it's not to the point where Torts is like, you know what? I think you just shouldn't play a game. Like there are different ways to handle a player at Cam's level than to scratch him for a game. Like there are just different ways to go about it. Um, but that's just my thoughts. And it's not just because I love him. It's from the perspective of the type of caliber of a player that Cam Atkinson is versus some of these guys that we're considering scratching. No, I agree. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's clear at this point that it's either one of those two. And if it's anybody else, it's just, I don't want to say insanity <laughs> at this point, but like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And so I, I hope that, that maybe possibly this one might just be one of those things that, that makes sense. That would be nice for once, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it just be nice for things to make sense? Speaking of things that just don't make sense, how crazy would it be, of course, for the Jackets to turn around and just absolutely go into this game against Dallas and just smack around Dallas, who has been just absolutely dominant in their first few games? Well, I mean, I hope, I hope being back at home helps a little bit. You know, I don't want them to rely on that feeling. We need to do better at road games. But I hope that being at home adds a little pep in the step. Heck, maybe even wearing a new jersey on Tuesday in some different colors will bring a different different energy. That's what I'm saying. Whatever. The f I don't know if you saw this or not. But the funniest question that I asked towards today in his pregame interview was they were talking to him about, you know, how the team has to create its own energy because the fans aren't there. The, you know, the crowds aren't there. They don't have that to rely off of. And I, I think it was Aaron Portsline. I'm not 100% sure because I was laughing too hard to remember who was asking him this question. But they asked him, is there anything that you do in the locker room to, like, help the team do that and torch starts laughing and he goes i don't know if you want me to tell you that there's like a cheer or a dance that i do in order to make right. hyped up um <laughs> and then of course it was just this image of like torts 
like with a megaphone or even just like sort of the remember the titans like rally like ooh ah feel good sort of (laughs) and i just could not stop laughing and of course his like real answer was much more you know pragmatic and professional where he was like sure sure from all these different aspects of how we coach them like during the game and like in between games and all this sort of stuff and i'm like yes that makes total sense but yet still in the back of my mind i was like what if we got a song you know the blues <laughs> the blues had gloria so like what they if did. found a song that just helped them get in the mindset you know there's got to be less weird electronic dance music now that pl's gone in that locker room so let's like let's like find a song or something to help boost morale but i just could not i could not stop laughing oh my gosh well do you want to talk about something that would make me not laugh something that would make me cry <laughs> always we don't we don't have to spend a lot of time on this it could just be a brief once over because it's not really blue jackets news mm-hmm. if we pick up tony d'angelo on waivers laura um i'll be the person that signs the petition first to get that man away from our organization i'm gonna go fucking coastal i'm gonna call my season ticket rep and say hey no moss i i and i know that hockey draws all number of people and that there are lots of hockey fans that have very similar opinions to mr d'angelo um which is unfortunate um but that man he does not deserve to be in the NHL to begin with. His behavior, his comments, um, his general attitude towards the human race is not necessary. Agreed. Um, and it's a real bad look for any team that decides to pick him up. For it's sure. better that the Rangers made it this long with him. Um, I can only imagine what he says behind the scenes and off of social media um well he just fights his goalie yeah when you told me that today when you told me that he got in a fist fight with his own goalie well there are also other rumors going around that maybe the fist fight wasn't between him and the goalie and it was actually so like in order to break up the like chris Kreider, who's the captain of the of the rangers like went to break up the fight or like the altercation and when he did that tony d'angelo said some smart ass thing and then chris Kreider punched him in the face I'm off credit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll buy a credit jersey right now. But yeah, we don't, I don't, if you want to listen to more hot takes about the Tony D'Angelo situation, you can listen to the Line Change podcast that's coming out Monday at noon because that's basically most of what I talked about on it when I recorded it. But yeah, I just, oh God, I, I'm so afraid of it. And like we've talked about it on this podcast, before, well, maybe not on the podcast itself, but I, I know you and I have talked about like, how it's possible that Pierre-Luc Dubois like, wanted out of Columbus because of ideological differences with teammates and maybe that made situations untenable in the locker room. And even like, I even saw something on Twitter today that was like, remember when the Blue Jackets had like a bunch of people get COVID, like could Pierre-Luc Dubois, cause he was training in Columbus at the time, been one of the players that got COVID and it might've just pissed him off because his teammates weren't taking things serious. Like it could have been a whole host of things, like just depending. And so, yeah, I just, I, I do be hoping <laughs> That we don't 
touch touch with a 10-foot pole. I hope nobody does. I hope this man never plays another game in the National Hockey League. I agree. And, you know, I, again, we don't have to talk about it a long time, but I would hope that Yarmo, regardless of even what Yarmo's political opinions are, which I don't know what they are, um, I would hope that he and the owners of this team are not willing to take that kind of hit for someone like him. Like, right. I think, I think we're fine defensively, even with Seth and Zach, even with the top four being with the way that they are right now, we don't need him at all. It's the worst because if you take, if you just put him on paper, and you said this player's coming through on waivers, but you don't know anything about who the person is, I would call you an idiot for not claiming him. Like, that's the worst part about this, right, is it's like, like, if you look at things objectively, like, yeah, you would claim him in a second. Like, and that's the, that's the part that sucks. And it's like, God, I just hope that they, like, actually for once in their apps, like, once in their life is management, once in their life is ownership, like, look at the situation, and they're like, maybe we should take the right stance on this one. Maybe this is the one that we should sit out and not poke fire but you, with. But you also have to hope, too, that the NHL in general, because while each individual team, some have made more effort than others, have stepped up in the atmosphere of making hockey the sport the nhl as a whole more inclusive more open more respectful of the human race um and you know things that are happening in our world um that the nhl itself would not want someone like this who has been so publicly against technically what they're trying to go for that they just wouldn't want him in the league anywhere regardless you know because that's a bad look for I mean and obviously these types of players are on every team they're on the Blue Jackets I'm not naive enough to think that there aren't players on the Blue Jackets that hold these sort of in my personal opinion ridiculous ideals and that in personal life I would not want to associate with them because they do not reflect how I feel as a person do I wish and hope that they weren't that way absolutely because I you know because I just want I don't think I don't agree with any of those opinions I don't want anyone to feel that way right um but you know especially people that I admire on a team that I love and a sport that I enjoy playing but we can't there's no way to physically go through and weed out the quiet ones no but he has very publicly said a lot of terrible things and is clearly a toxic person to have on a team. So he doesn't need to be part of the NHL. Agreed. 100% agreed, friend. And just briefly, I'm going to go back to the point where over the, not over the summer, whenever we did the draft, (laughs) so in October, Usually it's in the summer. Sure, we'll say it was October. I think it was, yeah. Okay. There was a young man, we'll call him, that was drafted by 
Arizona. Yeah, it was Mitchell Miller. He was drafted in the third round by Arizona. He's a freshman at the University of North Dakota. And I'm not sure that he still even plays there. I think they might have even like been like, no thanks. I do believe that they removed him. Um, yeah. This person, if you're unfamiliar, listeners, um, had a very long storied history of bullying and harassing another person horribly for years documented evidence several reports showed zero remorse right only up until the point where he decided to enter the draft and wrote all these letters to each of the teams saying that he was quote unquote sorry for his actions but then it came out that he openly admitted to only writing those letters so that someone would take him and and the victim of this um person has long-term effects from what happened to him and there was enough you know energy out there to get them to to get arizona to rescind his draft offer so if we're not willing to let someone be a rookie and come in in this situation Let's try and weed out current players if we can. 100%. They're going to make enough stink to make it known. Let's just get rid of them. I'm right there with you, friend. But, well, I'm glad that we got to say that little piece on here. I feel like it's good to wrap. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm serious. I I think it's good to, like, throw that in here and, like, talk a little bit about that here, too. I wish I would have made you, like, had you on as a guest of Line Change because, like, that's, this is literally what I talked about today um so So you're so um, much more you're so much more eloquent about that kind of stuff i mean one day i'll be on line change and i'll probably end up crying because it'll be something really empowering and all that sort of stuff trust me if you haven't listened to line change jeremy's probably going to beautifully go over that this whole topic tomorrow um when the episode goes up but thank you for allowing me to say my two cents a little bit about it here are you joking of course um so I don't think we should ever predict a game score again. Never. I'm never doing it again. So let's not do that. <laughs> so let's not do that. But instead, to wrap up this episode, do you think that Patrick Lyon A plays on Tuesday, yes or no? Yes. I'm going to go with no. I just think, like, logistically, like, it's going to be weird. I could see him not playing Tuesday and making sure that he can get a practice in. I had the media availability – or me- not availability, but, like, the media stuff up the other – or earlier today um, to see if um, – like, to see what the Blue Jackets, like, schedule was this week. Right. They don't have a practice tomorrow. That I know. Yeah. If he was going to play Tuesday, it would be, like, just, like – going in like which would not be the first time that that's happened i mean like if like during trade deadlines and stuff like that's pretty typical um they do have a morning skate on tuesday so not a full practice but then they do have a practice wednesday morning skate thursday before the game against dallas a day off on friday um so yeah it looks like it looks like it could and yeah, he does, they, have, they have two days off they have friday and saturday off right yeah, so I, it'll be interesting to see if, if he draws in on Tuesday. And if he does draw in on Tuesday, I know Laura and I are both so pumped to break down his first game as a Columbus Blue Jacket. Um, 
but Laura, do you have anything else that's on your on your Blue Jackets radar, friend? Nothing. I mean, other than even in frustration, watching the boys on the ice still brings me so much joy. Yeah. Um, as we enter into month eleven of COVID and quarantine and the craziness that is our world, um, I'm incredibly grateful that. Um, we even have the ability to watch hockey right now because um, in like I've said before in theory there are many reasons why we shouldn't be um, but I am grateful that we are able to um, and yeah just happy that you and I figured out a way to continue to have our you know post-game talks but let other people in on the craziness and yeah follow us on social media yeah, we I was actually uh, have over a hundred followers on Twitter. Yeah, isn't that wild? I'm so excited. Um, and we even had a, a little bit of a jump on Instagram too. We are, you know, we're at um on both of those platforms at objectively objectively pod. And then of course rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you are listening to us on. Um we don't, you know, we're not doing this really for anything other than our own enjoyment and to hopefully maybe bring a little bit of enjoyment to our fellow fifth liners or hockey fans in general. So we just could not be more appreciative of, of the support. And yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Awesome. Well, I'm right there with you. Like big shout out to y'all. Y'all have made us smile more times this last week than, than we have with hockey in a, in a minute. So super grateful for y'all. Oddly enough, somehow, some way, if you're, if you are the people or person in Sweden that's downloading our content and, and taking in our content so much so to get us ranked almost in the top 100 of hockey podcasts in Sweden, which sounds really niche. It's really niche. Not going to lie. Shout out to you, friend. We love follow, you. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Like we would love to have you as a guest. If you're a Blue Jackets fan in Sweden and you want to chat about the Blue Jackets on this podcast, come on through. We would love that. That'd be so much fun. Um, also, quick shout out to the um, CBJ UK uh, Twitter account for following us back today. We love your content. Um, we would also love to have you on the podcast. 100%. We also got a follow from, um, oh, this is my favorite one so far, um, Jackets Backers in Azerbaijan. <laughs> in Azerbaijan so like and like got the Azerbaijan flag with the jackets crest on both sides which feels like global it might sensation be, ladies and gentlemen it feels like that might be an issue sensation the best their bio is the best blue jackets fans in the best country in Azerbaijan and I re listen I appreciate we will have you, you as guests 100% reach out to us 100% yeah so let us know when y'all want to come on and you're there. But until then, Laura, have a wonderful rest of your, like take a day off. I know we've been recording a few podcasts here over the course of the last few days. So take a day off, enjoy it. Soak, it, soak in your Monday. I hope you all are soaking in your Monday and, and have a great Monday. But until we get the chance to talk to y'all about a Blue Jackets win over Dallas, fingers crossed, Please stay, safe, stay safe and stay well. We'll talk to y'all on Tuesday. Bye. Thank you.